From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast where we're previewing the Oklahoma State-Baylor football game this weekend, a rematch of last year's Big 12 championship game and a top 16 matchup this year. Uh, We welcome in now Cody Nagel, uh, insider for Oklahoma State and writer for Go Pokes 247 Sports. Uh, Cody, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Andrew. Uh, Excited for the the big game this weekend. Should be interesting to see how these teams uh, match up after last year's title game yeah uh, let, you know it's everybody's focused on on the rematch of last year but these are two very different teams though we have both quarterbacks returning what you know what do you um take me back to last year what, what do you remember about um you know those, those final moments and, and the game in general yeah i know it, it didn't start out the way obviously oklahoma state wanted to um, and I know Spencer Sanders obviously didn't have the game that he wanted either um, with those four interceptions. And you know, I think it'd be interesting to see how that game would have played out, you know, had the turnover battle been a lot different. Um, you know, just going back to the, the final play, obviously, with that Oklahoma State had an offense and that goal line stand, um, you know, that was probably one of the better moments in, in Baylor football history uh, and probably the, the worst one in Oklahoma State football history. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it literally came down to, to inches and, um, you know, a game that you really couldn't ask for, um, you know, a better, better ending or better, you know, dramatic ending for, for a conference title game. Yeah. One of the better conference title games, um, we've had in recent memory, I, I think so. Um, sorry for making you relive that, but definitely, um, <laughs> appreciate your perspective there. I, I, I remember, you know, just a lot of orange in the stands and uh, a wild game uh, for, for sure. And and now we set up a, a really, really important Big 12 matchup this Saturday. Conference opener for, for the Pokes. Um, Baylor got a win in, in Ames last weekend. Yeah, you just came from their, their practice. Uh, how, how's everything looking over there in Stillwater? How, how's the team feeling, especially coming off a of bye and, and preparing for this one? Yeah, you know, it kind of depended on which player you talk to. Um, you know, some of the guys were saying, you know, they're they're using last year's matchup as as motivation. Yeah. Um, you know, other guys like like Brock Martin, their their defensive end. Um, I think he's six year defensive end now, but um, you know, he he's really not even thinking about it. You know, he doesn't doesn't live in the past. He's moving forward, moving on. Um, so it just kind of depends on which player you talk to. But um, you know, I think it's kind of impossible for all of them not to, you know, think about it a little bit and and know that you know there's a little bit of an extra chip on their shoulder to to go out and prove that they're they're a legit contender in the big 12 this season um you know i think just as the team overall um coming off the bye week i think that that definitely helped them out a lot um there's a lot of young players on this team that just just need more reps um whether that's you know in practice or just in games too um so i think the the i think getting the bye week before baylor um, could be helpful but you know, it, it also could hurt them as well. You know, Baylor's obviously been tested. Um, Oklahoma State's just played their non-conference schedule and really hasn't been tested at all. I mean, they're, it's a pretty weak schedule when you think about Central Michigan, 
um, Arizona State, who doesn't even have a head coach anymore, mm-hmm. um, then Arkansas Pine Bluff, a, a low-level FCS program. So, you know, they haven't really been tested a whole lot, but um, like you said, there's there's a lot of new players on both these teams, but there's also some some key veterans that return too that um, that aren't going to forget about last year's game either. Sure. Yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah, definitely a little bit of weaker weaker schedule for Oklahoma State, and then the bye week right away. Um, you know, maybe that helps them for for Baylor, but that's going to set up a tough back to back to back. You know, Big Twelve. You know, every Big Twelve uh, game. You know, to end the end the season without a a break in between. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But at least, like you said, at least you get a a bye to make sure everybody's laser focused for for Baylor for the rematch. Um, and like you said, a little bit of a different team uh, for for both the Bears and and the Cowboys. Uh, Oklahoma State, right? Uh, Jim Knowles no longer the defensive coordinator. Uh, Derek Mason, the former Vanderbilt coach, has come in. How does how does uh, the defense look um, through the three games and just in practices and things like that uh, under you know under the new uh, new coordinator here? Yeah, you know the the system and, and everything is pretty much the same. Um, it's not like you know Knowles left and took everything with them and and Mason came in and just changed everything up. Um, you know, the, right. the system that they ran under Knowles was kind of built um, with, you know, the other assistant coach, defensive assistant coaches, um, everyone kind of plug it in there. There's certain pieces and stuff. Um, obviously, Derek Mason's come in and, and added his wrinkles to it, too. But, you know, it's not like they've changed systems completely. Um, there's there's a lot of inexperience um, on, the, on the back seven. Um, you know, they lose both their star linebackers. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, Devin Harper, I'm sure Baylor fans know those guys. Um, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez is now studded with the Detroit Lions right now, but, um, you know, they replaced those two guys. Um, both are starting cornerbacks are, are new, um, as well as a, a few safeties, too. So there's a, there's a lot of inexperience back there. Um, that first game against Central Michigan this year, um, that, that really got exposed in the second half. Um, a lot of missed missed assignments, just kind of miscommunications, um, just just guys that aren't familiar playing with each other. Um, but, you know, as they went through the the non conference schedule, those those kind of decreased, and you could tell they were playing better as a unit. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they come out after the bye week and and face a, a Baylor offense that I think just from the outside looking in is is better than it was last year. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Baylor's offense is trying to. Uh, improve week we've seen them improve week over week um, and trying to get to the point where they're super explosive kind of like Oklahoma State is now you know Oklahoma State is averaging over 50 points 500 yards of total offense uh, through the first three games albeit against a little bit weaker competition but that's what you would expect with a quarterback like Spencer Sanders uh, returning you know for his senior year and uh, what what can you say about this Oklahoma State offense that just makes them so, so you know, so dynamic, you know, of course, of course now, but it's been, that's been the trend, you know, for the, for the past, you know, 10 years or so, or at least. Yeah. I think compared to just the past few years, the Spencer has been the quarterback. Um, they're a lot healthier now. Um, they really haven't had any adversity like they've had in past years. Um, you know, looking back to early last year, their receiving core was down to basically just a bunch of freshmen that they were throwing out there. Um, their offensive line was dealing with some injuries uh, last year and even the year before that. Um, so I think this year, just having everybody healthy um, and Spencer having a bunch of guys that he's familiar with, 
Um, I think that's definitely helped with just their explosiveness um, in this non-conference schedule. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I think having the offensive line healthy has been big. Um, you know, Spencer's only been pressured a few times. I think he's only been sacked maybe once or twice, mm. uh, which, which obviously his mobility helps him with that. You know, if he is facing pressure, he, he is capable of, of getting out of the pocket or, you know, taking off right. in the middle. Um, but, you know, the, the big matchup that I think, I mean, it's, it's been talked about a lot this week already just with Gundy and the players is, um, is Eco the big defensive tackle that Baylor has and just the emphasis of, of blocking him and making sure he's not, you know, destroying their game plan basically like he did in the, in the Big 12 title game last year. Um, you know, I don't know how much you can, like Gundy said earlier this week or, or yesterday on Monday, he said you, you're not going to be able to stop him completely. It's basically just about minimizing the impact that he has on the game. Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to face a, a, a lot of double teams, um, just, um, you know, trying to minimize the impact that he has. But just his ability to, to stop the run last year, I mean, that showed him that, that goal line stand. Yeah. I mean, he blew up those first those first two run plays. And then Oklahoma State tries the, the trick play on, I believe it was third down, and they tried throwing it to Tyler Lacey, who's a defensive end. Um, that was questionable questionable play call at best. But, you know, and then on fourth down, they just decided to run it outside and, and run it away from him, and it still didn't work. So, you know, I think that's been the big talk this week is just, you know, how much they can minimize his impact on the on the offensive line there at matchup. Is there – it's – an interesting point. Is there any specific strategy that, that you would like to see or that you've heard them talk about in, in terms of moving the ball better once they get into short yardage situations, especially down inside uh, the red zone in the 10? Last year in the in the Big 12 title game, I think Oklahoma State had 13 plays ran inside the Baylor 10-yard line, and they, they gained an average of 2.76 inches per play. Um, so definitely the, the defense for Baylor obviously won, won the game for them last year. Yeah, I think their their red zone offense this year. Um, I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me, but I think it's been a lot better so far. Um, just just their efficiency standpoint. Um, let me see if I can find it here quick. Um, let's see, red zone offense. I mean, they rank they rank thirty seventh in the FBS right now, um, with the success rate of ninety two percent. So a pretty decent touchdown percentage there. Um, you know, I think Baylor's at 53rd in the FBS for, for their offense. So, you know, it's been better this year, but obviously it's it's against some lower-level competition. It's hard to tell at this point. Um, but I think having having a run game, um, you know, Jalen Warren, their, their standout running back last year, right. um, took maybe three or four snaps that first series and, and just wasn't ready to go um, dealing with, I believe it was an ankle issue. Um, so I think having a, a good run game will, will help them. Um, and just just the familiarity that Spencer has with his receivers now this year, um, you know, I think throughout the entire year last year he was just trying to, um, you know, build some chemistry with those guys. It was basically a bunch of freshmen out there. Um, you know, they've got all those guys back. They've they've added Braden Johnson who missed all of last year. Um, he's a he's a super senior this year. Uh, Baylor fans might recognize his name from from years past. Um, Brennan Presley's obviously the the big go to target there too. Um, and short yardage situations in the slot. So I think just their options that they have too it's, has helped the red zone offense. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. Yo, what's up, Malapalooza? 
It was meant to be a farewell concert, but it changed the music industry forever. We gotta do it again. And launched the careers of countless artists. We had all been underground bands, but that was changing. All while giving the mainstream the middle finger. That's entertainment. Don't miss this three-part docuseries that was 30 years in the making. Lala, the story of Lollapalooza. New docuseries now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Yeah, and, and having Spencer Sanders at, at quarterback is all, always nice, always leading a high-powered offense. Although he does seem, you know, uh, to struggle with Baylor in the course of his career. He's thrown 10 interceptions against uh, against Baylor. Um, is that just an anomaly, or what, why does he seem to struggle with, with the Bears so much over, over his career? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, last year in the, in the title game, he threw those, those four interceptions. Um, you know, three of them, he had guys in his face that he probably should have just held on it, onto it and taken the sack. Um, I think this year he's only got the one interception so far. Um, he's showed a lot of improvement on um, just ball, ball security. Um, you know, if, if he's getting pressured uh, to, to run instead of try, trying to force a throw. Um, you know, he's, he's got those 10 interceptions against Baylor. I think he's got 30-ish or so in his career. So a third of his picks have just been in, I believe, four games against the Bears. So, I mean, they've, they've definitely got his number, and you know, I think it'll be important for him to just kind of not think about that, you know, put that out of his mind and, and go out there and play like it's any other opponent. But obviously that's hard to do, especially when you consider the, the performance he had the last time they played him. And, you know, I just think back to that post game how – emotionally beat up he was and, and taking all the blame for that loss which I mean it, it wasn't all on him you know the offensive line didn't play well um, so it, it wasn't all his fault but he's he's gonna put all the pressure on himself and put all the blame on himself so I think it'll be important for him to, to put that behind him and just not think about it sure and you know if Oklahoma State is gonna win this game I think obviously it starts with and ends with Spencer Sanders uh, but but what has to go right for the for the pokes um I think defensively they were they were fine last year against Baylor. Um, I think there was four quarters where they held them scoreless. Um, so I don't think that's been an issue. Obviously, again, Baylor seems improved on offense this year compared to last year. Um, so I think just doing doing the same thing on, on as far as defensively. I um, mean, yeah, I think Colin Oliver, um, Tyler Lacey, Brock Martin, those edge rusher guys really need to have a big game and and put some pressure on Shapen just to. You know, kind of make him get out of the pocket and um, you know force him out of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, offensively, obviously, it starts with with taking care of the ball, um, winning that turnover battle. Um, that was something Brock Martin mentioned today. Is you know if the offense you know turns the ball over, we got to make sure to you know rip it out and get it back for him. Um, so I think you know with Spencer Sanders, that's that's where it starts. Um, they really need to improve their run game against Baylor. Um, these first few games, the, the run game has been fine, um, but I think it's kind of been amplified just with Spencer's ability to use his legs. Um, so, you know, making sure those running backs are, are getting chunk yardage, um, which is going to be hard to do against against Baylor's defensive line. But, 
and I think that'll be important for him too. Yeah, and Baylor's defense hasn't allowed a team to run uh, for for more than eighty seven yards in a game so far this year. So I think they're averaging um, they're holding opponents to seventy nine point five rushing yards a game. So that's definitely pretty crucial. Um, is there any particular X factor um, on Oklahoma State side that that Baylor fans should be paying attention to um, besides you know the the obvious ones that in Sanders? Um. I'm trying to think receivers-wise. I mean, Brennan Presley's been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braden Johnson's looked really good, you know, coming back from last year and the, uh, just the absence that he had. Um, he's been their leading receiver, and I just think the connection that he has with Spencer Sanders, um, being that six-year senior, um, he's really been a, a deep threat downfield, which which they didn't have last year. I mean, Tay Martin was a, was a big-bodied receiver, but, you know, wasn't a guy that was going to beat you with his speed downfield. Uh, Brayden Johnson's one of the fastest guys on the team, so you know if they can get him loose downfield and get some big plays, and you know maybe break a you know 50 yard pass play or something like that, and um, obviously then that'll open up the run game a little bit with you know Baylor probably moving their linebackers and safeties back and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think Brayden Johnson's a good one um, to mention on offense, just being able to stretch that defense. Sure, and. Uh... From a Baylor perspective, how, how, you know, they've been, Coach Aranda is really, you know, wants a physical, violent offense, running the ball, pounding the rock type type deal. Um, how how would you prefer to, like, strategize if you're Oklahoma State to, to say, hey, here's how I want Baylor to, you know, to try to beat us? Uh, what, are you focusing on more defending their their run, rushing attack, or are you and saying, "Hey, Blake Shapin, you you go and try to beat us again," or are you trying to take away the uh, you know the, the deep ball and um, and and you know try to make them you know run a little you know run a little bit. You know, I think I think Oklahoma State's run defense is still really good. Um, it was it was really good last year. Um, you know, their their defensive front is pretty experienced, even in the interior. Um, and their linebackers, um, Mason Cobb and Xavier Benson, have, have taken over those those two spots in the middle and have, have been playing pretty well. Um, yeah. I think if you're Baylor, you probably want to try and beat or test their their you know inexperienced corners. Um, you know Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad. Um, they're they're both juniors. They've both been playing for the past three years, um, but this is their first year as you know full time starters. So you know they don't have a ton of ex- experience in the Big Twelve. You know as far as you know, going up against against those offenses. So, um, you know, I think if you're Oklahoma State, you're you feel pretty comfortable that you can stop uh, Baylor's run game. Um, I you got to give credit to Baylor's offensive line though too. I think they're probably one of the best in in the Big Twelve, if not the best. You know, probably one of the better ones in the country too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you still feel comfortable if you're Oklahoma State that you're able to, you know, slow down their run game. Um, but I still kind of worry a little bit that you know if those if those young corners that Oklahoma State has, or I guess not young, they're juniors, you know, inexperienced corners that Oklahoma State has, you know, if they get beat a couple times, you know, how do they respond to, to that? So, yeah, I think that'll be interesting to, to kind of follow too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cody, I wanted to ask you just from a general uh, perspective, I have a few questions here. Uh, is, is Baylor Oklahoma State, I think it's one of the more under um, underappreciated, maybe overlooked uh, Big 12 matchups big 12 rivalries in the conference um it's really competitive oklahoma state has the 20 
uh, you know, 22, 19 series edge, uh, all, all time. But, um, you know, the past, past 10 years or so, uh, this has turned into a really competitive, uh, you know, interesting rivalry with games coming right down to the, uh, the wire. Uh, what, how, how do you view this, this matchup? Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking about that earlier, you know, when when we first started to talk about, like, the new Big 12 and, you know, who would Oklahoma State's rival be with, with OU leaving for the SEC. Um, you know, I think at first people kind of thought maybe Iowa State, um, just because they're kind of similar schools in my opinion. Um, but then obviously the, the title game, or Big 12 title game happened last year. And um, I think, you know, this this matchup has a chance to be, you know, kind of the premier premier matchup of the new Big 12 in the years to come. Um, you know, obviously it's it's such a deep conference looking forward that, you know, there's going to be plenty of good matchups, you know, across the board. Yeah. But, you know, if these two teams, you know, establish themselves as, as the leaders in football, um, you know, I think it'll be a pretty regular matchup in the, in the conference title game for, for years to come. And, you know, even even outside of football, too. I mean, the, the basketball programs, obviously Baylor's really good and has won a national title recently. But, um, you know, Oklahoma State going down there last year and, and you know, beating Baylor. Um, I think if they can get their basketball program up and, you know, competing at the level, you know, of, of winning conference titles, too, in that sport, um, I think that'll just even strengthen the, the rivalry, too, across or in football. Yeah, man, both of those basketball games were great last year, um, uh, which had each, each one winning on the road. Baylor did so in overtime. And in football, it's kind of the exact opposite, right? Baylor is, it, the document, it, uh, has the documented struggles in Stillwater, um, very hard to win over there. And uh, o- Oklahoma State's only won um, you know, once in Waco in the last uh, 12 years, um, I think it is. Right, so right. Um, it, it, it's interesting how lopsided this year, how close this series is, but how lopsided it is from a home and home standpoint. That, that you know, they really both teams seem to really take advantage of the uh, home field advantage um, against each other, which I think is is also interesting. And to your point, um, when Texas and Oklahoma leave, uh, they they could assert themselves to be you know dominant powers in in the league, but I think top to bottom, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. Um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the big 12 and the conference and the new big 12. Um, you know, while, while you guys have kind of been feasting on central Michigan and Arkansas pine bluff, uh, and having a bye week there's been a ton of other activity in and across the big 12 conference. Uh, this league has looked really, really complete top to bottom. Uh, you know, Kansas state rebounded and, uh, after a loss to Tulane, beat uh, beat Oklahoma. Kansas is undefeated. Texas Tech took down Texas in overtime. Um, West Virginia has looked good, but they haven't capitalized on some opportunities. I, I'm I'm interested to get your thoughts on on just how good you think this conference is, and where you think you know as we enter October, uh, where you think this you know the the cards might shake out and shuffle out to uh, to who is ultimately in the Big Twelve title game. Yeah, you know, I tweeted out the uh, the updated like conference title odds um, this morning, and I think there's like half the conference is at like six to one odds to to win this year, um, which is just crazy to think that there's wow. you know five teams that that have that chance basically to win this, um, and even top to bottom, you know, everyone's everyone's still in it. I mean, West Virginia, Texas, OU, Iowa State, they're all zero and one, but you know each one of those teams can, you know, get on a run here and, and put themselves back in the mix. Um, and I think this is just kind of going to be the norm for the Big 12 going forward. Um, you know, 
obviously you'd like to see, you know, Oklahoma State and Baylor kind of separate themselves and, and be those dominant powers. But, you know, it's just interesting to think about, you know, Kansas being 4-0. Everyone kind of counted them out right away in the preseason that, oh, there's there's an easy win, there's a bye week. But, you know, that's, that's a team you can't look past anymore. Um, Kansas State bouncing back with that road win at OU, like you mentioned. Um, I think their offense is going to get better each week with, with Martinez and just the experience he has and, and figuring stuff out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a wide open race, and these, these next two months will, will be interesting for sure. Yeah, 100%. So uh, that, that, that comes down to uh, this Saturday, number 16 Baylor hosting number seven Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I mean, game time, Baylor's looking to, uh, to win their 10th straight at home. Curious to know your thoughts. What's your prediction for, for Saturday? Um, I, I want to think it'll be low scoring like it's been, you know, those two meetings they had last year. Um, but I think that both offenses have improved a lot. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more high scoring than it has been in the past. Um, I think if I had to predict right now, um, I, I want to say Oklahoma state and that's not a, a biased pick or anything like that. Um, I just think Oklahoma state coming off the bye week. Um, I think just having that extra prep, prep being able to watch um you know baylor's full game last week against Ohio, or against iowa state uh, maybe they picked on picked up on some few a few things um you know if i had to do a final score maybe i'd say um let's do 35 32 or something like that 35 32 pokes you heard it heard it here folk uh first um no no bias there no judgment for for bias you you write for uh go pokes 24 7 cody that's completely expected you got picked uh for 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 your team and oklahoma state's number seven in the nation they're really good they could definitely come into mclean stadium and and beat the bears i'll i'll go i'll go baylor 28 24 um in in a close victory so how, how about that um but we'll see on, we'll see on saturday and we're definitely looking forward to uh to seeing you there and, and cody nagel go pokes 24 7 sports um you can find him on twitter uh, and and he has you know lots of great insight and 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 stuff to offer um uh, on, on there. Great job, Cody, and thank you for for joining us as as always on on this episode of the Bears Illustrated podcast. Yeah, you bet, Andrew. We'll talk to you later, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. It takes a killer to catch a killer. These killings are all about vengeance. The new season of the hit Paramount Plus original series Criminal Minds Evolution is now streaming. Buried secrets come to light in the new season as the criminal profilers join forces with an unlikely ally. I have a plan. We will not rely on help from a serial killer. Oh, you most certainly will. Stream the new season of Criminal Minds Evolution exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.